All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? Where are we at? What is going on? I got to say, it's been pleasant. It's been pleasant here. The weather's been nice. Um, I've had a little downtime this week, which was much needed. I was burning out. I was frying. I was tired of hearing myself talk. Or to put it in a more clearer way, sometimes I talk when I don't really want to talk. And that's not that often, but it happens. But I feel like I have to talk, so I just keep talking. And it's not great. It doesn't land. It kind of just, I don't know what it is. It doesn't happen very often, but it was happening. Brendan noticed it. And I was like, yeah, I'm talking because uh, I don't I don't really want to talk. I'm just fishing around out loud. And he said, it sounds like you're stabbing jello. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds correct. It sounds like the what was happening. But I've had a few days and uh, and it really is about engagement. What are you engaged in? And I was just talking too much and not engaging it enough. And then feeling like like I got to talk about stuff, even if I'm not engaged. But if you listen to the new bonus stuff, like if, if Brendan and I get going, like we just talked about a couple of Sopranos episodes and I was all lit up. I was talking about canned heat on there too. And I got all lit up. I mean, I just have to go to where the heat is, go to where the juice is. I got to keep busy. I got to keep busy to get engaged with the juice. I got to talk to you about something. I can't just read the news and talk to you about that shit. That's fucking crazy. Because then I'm just a reactor. I'm just a, a puppet. I'm a, a puppet of my my uh, my panic feed, and I, I just uh, I panic, and I just uh, I, I share the panic with you. And I'm tired of that. I get tired of it. So I gotta I gotta I gotta keep doing things. And also, like I've been a little hard on myself lately. A little bit hard on myself. Let, let's 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 pull back a second. Can we today uh, on the show? I'm going to talk to Lily Rabe, and she's a great actress. You might know her from American Horror Story, but I saw her in The Underground Railroad and The Tender Bar, so we booked her We booked her because of that stuff. Then we had to reschedule like three times because we both were getting sick at different times. Uh, and we were, finally, we were finally able to make it happen uh, with, this, uh, with this episode because she's promoting this new uh, HBO Max miniseries, Love and Death, with Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons, and the guy from who played the kid in Almost Famous, who I knew when he was a kid, briefly, on set. But it's, great, it's a great miniseries. She's a great actress. And her dad is fucking David Rabe, the great playwright, David Rabe. I mean, I did a monologue for an acting class from the basic training of Pablo Hummel, and there are parts of it that are dirty and brutal and unforgettable. He wrote Hurley Burley, he wrote uh, Streamers in the Boom Boom Room. These were biggies. This this is some no fucking around playwriting. And she grew up in that. So I'm going to talk to her about that. But she is a force of nature on her own. A really uh, great actress. And I was happy to finally get to talk to her. So you will experience that soon. It's going to happen soon. I did uh, just repost an episode with um, comedian Daryl Lennox. It was actually behind the paywall. There's not as many behind the paywall as there there used to be, but this one was from uh, 2013. Daryl died on Sunday, and uh, it's quite a harrowing tale. Uh, He had lost his eyesight for the most part. His upbringing was 
it would have been devastating for most people, but he transcended. It's a good episode. And uh, rest in peace, Daryl Lennox. That said, I um, I'm not at peace. I guess eventually I will be. I'm kind of at peace, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to, I got to get stuff in my head. I got to get in the right frame of mind, put stuff in my head, but I've been hard on myself lately because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm getting old. I'm not afraid I am. I am. I worry about my memory because my dad's got the problem. He's got the curse, whatever. (laughs) He's got the dementia, dementia, the dementia. So I'm starting to freak out about that. So I lay in bed just trying to remember things. Um, For some reason, I was a little hazy on Kobe Bryant's face last night. So I had to like pull that up. It's like, it was almost odd because I was almost getting like those pictures that you get when you uh, do a search on the AI, where you, uh, you know, where you just want (laughs) when you like, it was kind of, it was almost him, but it was a little twisted. It looked kind of like a Francis Bacon painting. I'm not a basketball fan. So it's not like I had him because we had just, we had seen air and uh, Kit and I, and I like the movie. I know nothing about basketball, but you don't need to for that movie. I like seeing those guys work. I like seeing Ben. I like seeing uh, Matt. I like seeing, uh, 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 you know, what's his name? See, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. Jason Bateman, right? Come on. But I like the movie and I thought it was good. They really loaded it up with those songs from that time, and and it was it, it was it was kind of funny because they really they got whatever they could get in pristine condition from 1984 that you could either snack on or have on your desk. They they made sure they got a close up of it, and usually that stuff is kind of annoying, but it wasn't campy. I think there was almost a I think they were happy they were able to polish up some of that equipment and those snacks and those boxes and things or recreate them to get them correct. And it's important, man. It's important to get time periods correct. And they nailed it. Uh, and I was alive during that time. I was, I was old. I was just out of high school a couple of years, but, and they weren't being campy about it, but they, they were sort of like, huh? Remember? And the monologue that uh, Bateman has about <laughs> listening to Bruce Springsteen's born in the USA was tremendous. Uh, there's a lot of great parts in it. The story is great. I didn't know the story. And I was laying in bed with Kit and uh, we were talking about Michael Jordan and about, you know, how big people get and how you got to be careful. And then I made a comment about helicopters and she goes, oh, honey, uh, that that was Kobe Bryant. I'm like, oh, I know that. Oh, my God. I'm old. I know Kobe Bryant died in that plane, but for some reason I got them conflated. Michael Jordan's alive. Kobe Bryant's dead. And then I just sat there trying to remember Kobe Bryant's face for five minutes. I got it. I pulled it together, but I just don't, well, I, you know, like, here's what I got to remember. I got to remember that you can't forget what you never knew. You know, I put pressure on myself. You know, we're all tapped into this same kind of like active zeitgeist on our, in our palm. And I have a sense of a lot of things. I don't know specifics about a lot of things. Like, look, man, I, you know, I, you know, I know Hitler was bad, but I don't have dates. I don't got dates. I have a general sense of his resume. You know, a lot of it was horrendous, obviously, but but the same with American history. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I never knew. I was not a great student through high school. And I I just didn't take it in until later, some of it. 
but I don't have it in my brain to forget the big moments of global history or of American history. I know them. I know they happened. Like, you know, World War II was terrible. And there was a lot of countries involved, Pearl Harbor, Holocaust, you know, uh, the Battle of the Bulge. I, you know, I get it, but I, I don't necessarily have them contextualized in any other way other than World War II and the Jews got fucked. So, so you can't forget what you didn't know. And I've really got to remember that. I was never great with keeping dates in my head or, or, or trivia per se. I know some things. And I, I have a good memory for faces, not for names. That was, that was why the Kobe thing kind of bothered me. So now all day long, I've been just sort of kind of uh, manifesting Kobe Bryant in my head to make sure my brain is working properly. There's not a, there's not a ton of shit that I've locked onto in my life that have some sort of historical context. Like I know things, I know roughly where things happen, but that's sort of like, I'm, I'm a speculative historian and I'll throw dates out there. Sometimes was that around 1933 around there? Yeah. But I, general sense, I got a vibe. I got a vibe for history. I get, I got feeling that it was around this time that this happened. It's just the way my brain works. It's not great. It's not great. I'm telling you. I go to the Museum of Contemporary Art here in Los Angeles because I knew that this Henry Taylor exhibit was there and I knew that I like Henry Taylor's work. And I drove down there and I drove around the block for 15, 20 minutes to try to find a metered space until I was like, dude, the museum's free. Just go park in the fucking lot. And it's right down there by City Hall. So I parked in one of the lots that's, you know, City Hall lot. And I just remember parking at the city hall lot when I was going through my divorce and I had, oh my God, when I got the restraining order, it was not great. This is just a feeling. I looked at the cars around me and I'm like, most of these people are having a very hard day in the courthouse. There's no good day in the courthouse. Is there? I guess there is. I guess there's two sides literally in most, uh, most, uh, uh, courthouse business. Someone's having a good time. Maybe the guy who owns this horrible truck is uh is really is is getting a payday in there maybe the subaru owner is uh getting her or his time with his kids limited i'm going to see art so i parked there in the uh in the lot and went and saw the henry taylor exhibition called the uh, the b-side it was truly one of the best art exhibitions i have ever seen what an amazing painter, the power, the balls of his painting, bold, the colors, figurative, but, you know, pushing the edge and loaded up. There's an installation there uh, of the Black Panthers based on the Black Panthers that is spectacular. And all the paintings, every fucking one of them powerful, beautifully executed. You got to really take them in. I can't talk art talk, but it deals with politics. It deals with race, deals with uh, love, deals with um, pain and portraiture, deals with uh, moments out in the, in downtown, it's a downtown fixture apparently. But I, you know, I bought the catalog. I buy a lot of the catalogs. So I'm going to do some reading in there. I want some new stuff. I want to know how other artists look at the world. I mean, I do that a lot here, 
But, you know, sometimes I need to check in with the visual artists. And this thing was just beyond anything I could have expected. Really spectacular. Um, okay, so Lily Rabe is in this uh, new miniseries, Love and Death. Premieres next week on HBO Max. I thought it was terrific. It uh, premieres on Thursday, April 27th. It's about that uh, Candy Montgomery story about the murder in Texas. They did another one. I think there was one on Hulu with, uh, why do I always forget her name? Jessica Biel. But this one's, um, I didn't see that one, but this one's spectacular. The acting's tremendous. So, all right, let's talk to uh, Lily Rabe. So I noticed that the other day, though, we were talking about the smell of, of books. I think it's actually rotting paper. <laughs> that the it's smell. so nice. Yeah, I know. I love it. They're all up in uh, my office upstairs. Your dad's room of books has to be massive. Well, this was the 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 the, the hit I got was yeah. it was like when I the house that I grew up in from sort of like age three to seventh grade. Yeah. Where was that? It was in Westchester. It was in Mount yeah. Kisco, Mount New Kisco. York. Yeah. I had a girlfriend from that area. My first girlfriend from Mount Kisco. Fancy. Yeah. Well, it was. <laughs> a, but what's the next town over? Bedford. Oh, uh, no. Chappaqua. Chappaqua. That's it. Chappaqua. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. 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 So um, that house. Yeah, that house. It was like the garage was his office. Really. Yeah. David Rabe had to have a garage office? He loves a garage office. <laughs> he uh, then it. he's still got a garage office. Not in the house? He no. Even, he doesn't no. like the house? No. Oh, okay. But like a big thing was like, you know, going over and yeah. saying like, Dad, it's dinner. Yeah, yeah. And like hoping, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he's a wonder, but like. Yeah, just, but you weren't bothering him? Yeah, like I don't want to. In the middle uh, of the big writing. But then the smell of, like, those, yeah. I guess, rotting books. Well, it's it's a very, and, but it's like a wonderful It is. It's like a library Memory, almost. and I feel, it makes me feel very cozy. Yeah? What, uh, so, like, what else? Did he have just a bunch of books in there? Did he have records? What kind of, like, what do you, it seems like you grew up with a playwright as a dad and one of the great actresses as a mother, in Westchester? Well, I mean, I hate to say that. Yeah. That was sort of like, it feels like we were sort of passing through. I was born on the Upper West Side, and then I guess my mom, when my brother was yeah. born. How old's that guy? He's three years younger than me. Okay. So I was three, and she had like, or, you know, this is so I'm told, she had a sort of panic yeah. about um, needing space, and like, yeah. can we do this in the city? And so they moved to Westchester. Yeah. And then I think the whole time she was there, she was kind of like, this just, I'm, this feels like totally in between. Like, I either want to go back to the city. Right. Or I want to go deeper. Yeah. To the country. Yeah. And then eventually we went deeper to, to the, the country. country. Where? Lakeville, Connecticut. Huh. Which is where my dad still is. Where's that? What's that near? It's the northwest corner of Connecticut. It's near the border of New York and Massachusetts. So it's like right there. It's right next to Is it by Mil West Adams? No. Oh. That yeah. right, West Adams, Mass, right? Yeah. It's it's like forty minutes from Great Barrington. Uh -huh. Five yeah. minutes from Millerton. Okay. So it, it, two minutes from Salisbury, any yeah. of these places? Anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, like, oddly, I think I probably did comedy gigs up there in those in Salisbury. Or Great Barrington, probably, Probably. Maybe. I, I just know there were one-nighters all over New England that I had to drive to. Uh, nice. And some of the towns I remember, some I don't. 
Yeah. Somewhere closer to Boston. But that's, you're, that's far from Boston. Yeah, it's close. It's like two, it's like a two-hour train ride from New York. So it's really up there. It's up there. Yeah, it's be- it's like country. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. But do, can, can you live in the country? Do you live in the country? Well, no. Now I live in Los Feliz. This is where you are permanently. Yeah. No more New York. Ugh, don't say it. I mean, I still have this. I still have a tiny little place in New York that I hold on to. Yeah. Um, that my you, family cannot fit into now. But what are you doing? That just renting it out? No, I don't even. You just. <laughs> <laughs> but how? But it's it's pretty new though, right? To be here. I mean, you haven't been out that long, right? It is, and it, I mean, if I if yeah. I'm truthful, it's sort of it it, it. it was another thing that kind of like it crept up. I was out here shooting, and I was going back and forth, but I was still doing plays, and then um, and then. But it's been it's I I've lived in the house out here that I live in now like uh, six years. Really? Yeah. It's weird because, like, I mean, I see you in all these different things, and then I look at all the things you've done, and uh, I just don't manage my time well. <laughs> you, neither you do I. T- what are you talking about? You do a million things. I don't all the manage time. my time well, though. But but you're busy. You, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you make time for work, clearly. <laughs> like, do you never stop working? Thanks. Is that good? I love to work. Yeah. I love to work, but I love to not work. <laughs> but when was the last time you didn't work, though? Um, uh, 10 years ago? Mm, no, I feel like, well, I had all these, I was like pregnant back yeah. to back three times, but I did, I worked through most of my pregnancies. You did? You were, mm-hmm. uh, but well, you were pregnant on what? Oh gosh. Um, a, a lot, like some sort of like obviously pregnant and then some not, but yeah. I, but I shot when I was pregnant with my first kid, I was, I shot an American Horror Story yeah. season. And then I, with the, I can't keep. Did they it. just work it in? Well, some of them we didn't have to. Like yeah. I hit it. Yeah. Um, and then there was one season where it was like uh, of American Horror of Story. American Horror Story, where I I was very pregnant when Ryan called, and I was yeah. like, I'm going to be so pregnant. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, great! I'll I'll write it in. Yeah. Um, and then I was also doing Underground Railroad, and Barry thought about writing it in too. Didn't end up. Uh, because you know, I was like in a corset, and but then what? But then COVID happened. So by the time we were actually sh- shooting the season of Horror Story, I yeah. had the baby. Oh, good. Yeah. But the baby had become like a very important plot point. So then I spent the whole season in a prosthetic belly. Oh, really? <laughs> sort of like honoring the pregnancy that a that, fake. You had to be fake pregnant. I had to be fake pregnant. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I watched the entire season of Love and Death. Oh, you did? I did more than me. Really? I mean, they've sent it to me, but I'm very weird about watching stuff. You are? Yeah, super weird. But why? Are what you? happens? I used to be. I, I'm less. Um, it de- like it just. I'll if something's still being edited. Yeah. Like watching something during ADR, or if you're coming, you know, depending on what, whatever you're. Yeah. I love that. Like, well, I know I see you see bits and pieces in ADR, and you're like you're usually it's like two or three minutes. You're like that's pretty good. Yeah, or like seeing a rough cut. I'm like yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there's just something about like when the it's the final thing. The final thing that even if I I don't know, it just always feels like a loss to me in some way. Well, I can see that. Sure. Well, kind of is right. Yeah. I mean, you're not living it, but it, you know, there's some. I guess there's some part of you where it's still moving. You know, or something, and then it's always over. Yeah, it's yeah. like the great. I mean, it is, and maybe, maybe the reason I hate that so much, or that it makes me so sad, is because I started in the theater where I never had to deal with that. I mean, you'd end the run, and then I would cry for like, 
Did you? Oh, yeah. I, I really would weep at the end of everything. Well, I mean, theater is such a, like, it's, I mean, it's kind of the same. Like, I don't have any really, I don't have any experience in growing up theater. But I have, I have limited experience on sets. But the one thing I knew even in college about theater is that, you know, you really are, you know, part of a community. And it seems that depending where you are with theater, you can have the post pardon depression of, of show ending, but everyone's still kind of around where, you know, where you do a movie or a TV show, like everyone goes, right? Unless you're on a series. And then it's just sort of like, all right, we were really close for a few I months. I know. But theater, they're all around. They're all around, but while you're doing it, yeah. you just get to go and go and go again, again, again. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to give it away until you're really giving it away and it's over. But like the you just I I I, I love and I miss that that feeling of yeah. when you go home with all that self loathing and like, oh I wish I you're like, oh I'll just Do try it tomorrow. It tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find like is it, and also I guess the 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 sort of depth of self discovery that when you do a play over and over again it can be pretty pretty expansive, right? I mean, you can just make changes or or tweak things any ever, over and over again. And the audience is like this, you know, it's like this yeah. living sure. So you, do you behave organism. Yeah, but not but because they inform so much, yeah, yeah. they just do. Uh, and it is so wild how it's like they become this singular thing. Yeah. yeah. Like you really are Each like. Each show you mean. Yeah. Each performance. It's like yeah. this audience. It's yeah, you a, can feel it. But they're like one yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, but do, when you're in a play, though, can you feel pockets where it's sort of like, that's not a great Occasionally <laughs> there's like. They're stage right, yeah, not great. Like <laughs> great. E, whatever. Yeah, they're not getting it up. Yeah, they're not yeah, getting yeah, it yeah. up. Uh, totally. But in general, they do kind of become this. Like wonderful uh, uh, amoeba or something. Yeah. No, you, they have their own personality. Yeah. Sometimes on in a stand-up show, I mean, I can tell before I get out there, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Kind of the vibe of it and where the problems are. I'm not always correct. Or like where you get your first. I mean, it's well, oh my god, stand-up. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But like because it's not this. Yeah. But you. But with you have like a set, so you have sure. certain. Yeah. Because oftentimes, most of the time, <laughs> if yeah. there's like a you know yeah. a joke that's not a there will just become little things where you're like, oh, it's going to, I, I, if we have them here, sure, sure. or like, oh, yeah. no, we didn't get them there, so we're going to. Right. Well, yeah, have with to jokes, win them you're sort little. of like, you kind of know, like, oh, that one didn't go. Yeah, right. So this we'll is going to be a job. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so your your mother, Jill Clayberg, yeah. is like, it seems to be have a, a, a place in my memory as a child because of the movie Semi Tough, I think. Oh, my God. Right, amazing. It's like her and Burt Reynolds, like Chris, Chris, Chris Christopherson, Burt Convy, and your mom. It was a kind of this football comedy. Yeah, and uh, but then she was in. It's if I feel like she was in so many movies during that era. Right? What was that the mid to late seventies? I mean, I wasn't alive, but that's uh, what they tell me. They tell me she was a big star. She's a big star. <laughs> you know, like my mom liked her. You know, yeah. like she was like one of the stars, yeah. the the lady movie stars. Yeah. And she was in Silver Streak. Yes. That Were was you like, alive then? No, I don't think so. With Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor? I don't think I was alive, but I, I'd have to—I don't think so. But it was like one of the first ones I was able to watch because it's like kind of PG, you know? Yeah. But have you watched—have you gone back and watched her shit? A lot of it. You have? Yeah, a lot of it. It's, I See, I, I don't know how—you would have to, right? You think? Yeah. And then did you—like, did you start out—did you feel pressure to act 
No, to not act. I felt pressure to not act. From from them or from you? Both. And what your dad writes these fucking heavy plays. Like I think I did a, a monologue from streamers mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. That's some heavy shit. Totally. Yeah, I think I was like three or something in the aisles of because he directed a production of Hurley Burley in I saw LA. That. I saw that on Broadway. I that think. was that Mike Nichols directed. Right with William Hurt and was it was it William like, Hurt the, Harvey the, Keitel yes, and, and like then and when Sean Penn and, him and Madonna at yeah. some point Sean Penn and yeah. Cynthia Nixon did that yeah. amazing thing where she was doing oh right and she was like re- a kid right like, yeah oh. and she was like walk it's so romantic she was like uh, doing Hurley Burley yeah. and then walking to do her scene in the real thing and then like m- somehow making it to both yeah curtain calls yeah. which is why when anyone's like we, we ha- it's a conflict we can't work it out I'm like let me tell you <laughs> story you, you can <laughs> you can if you want me you can work it out yeah so you remember seeing not Hurley Burley not streaming I didn't see the one no but like I I was like I think I was three I think it was I think I was in just in the aisles of rehearsal I have a memory of sitting next to my dad and he's like a big guy and I was little little yeah. and then it's just like these Everyone just yeah on stage like was it magical? You just oh you heard were the fox. <laughs> I I don't know what it was. It was like I, I it was actually it felt uh, normal. Yeah, like I was just like oh yeah this, this is, is my family. Yeah, this is my family. But did you as you got older even now have I I mean he wrote three Vietnam post Vietnam novel or mm-hmm, plays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was his experience there? Have you talked to him about that? Yeah, more and more. Yeah, is he? Was it hardcore? Uh, well, he was in. He he was spent a lot of time in an office, like okay. Um, and I think working like in the in the hospital office, mm-hmm. and then he was also a guard. Yeah. Um. So yeah, could have been a lot more hardcore, but right. also was very hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he was yeah. there, yeah. right? Yeah. And your mom passed away a while back? Yeah. 2010. But she was sort of, you know, she was like this. She was like the planet we were all orbiting oh, really? around. Yeah. What happened? She Did she get sick? Yeah. <clears throat> so sad. And um, did you, what made you, how, what were you going to do if it wasn't acting? What was the plan? Uh, well, yeah. I, I wanted to, for a while, I wanted to be a ballerina. Really? Uh, that seems like a crazy, insane, hard life. Pretty short career, too. Yeah. <laughs> was it, was it, <laughs> did you lock into that? I loved it. I did it. I, I really, I started like little, little. Yeah. Probably around the same time I was going to Hurley Burley. Yeah. Um, with my dad at three, I started doing ballet and I loved it. I loved the discipline of it. Um, it was totally self-motivated. Like my mother would take me yeah. to the ballet. Um, to, to New York, see it. To New, New York. York City Ballet. Yeah. We had like season yeah. whatever and we would yeah. drive into the city and sit in the same seats. And I was like from a very young age just sort of transfixed. Yeah. Uh, and I, I loved it. And then I, I wanted to do it and I did it and I was incredibly motivated. Did you go to school for it? No. So then like, I mean, I was, I did it through, I quit somewhere in high yeah. school because it was, it just became too, you know, you get to that moment where it's like you're either doing this 
or you're not. And well, it, it's also one of those things where the there's like a genetic component almost. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like tennis playing. My brother worked his ass off. Yeah. But at some point it's like, you don't, you can't, you don't have the natural. Authority. I had a lot of the thing. Like yeah. I have like, I'm hyper extended yeah. this and like, and, you're tall. Oh, and I'm tall yeah. and, and like my feet, there's something I, I could dance on a lot of my toes because yeah. I don't have like a, you know, so I had a lot of that oh, good. stuff, but, um, it was, I also wanted to go to college and be I was person. into and be a person and <laughs> and I would have now I mean I don't think it's not like I would have been a star right. uh, but I think I could have like yeah danced but I would have anyway do, do, like explain to me though will you because like it's one of these things where I I don't have any context or appreciation for dance I mean I can watch it and 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 be entertained I guess yeah but you know modern dance I can kind of see you, yeah you know but they're but not unlike other you know, ancient traditions or at least classical art. Yeah. There's a structure to it and everything, right? Yeah. And there's a way to understand ballet. Yeah. Do you have that? I do. I, it moves me so much. But it's funny, like Hamish, because he'll sort of walk in sometimes. Yeah, we're not married, but yeah, okay. sure. I can, whatever he is, yeah. <laughs> the father of the your father children, of children and the, your partner. Yeah, my daughter. The other day I was like, because sometimes I'll just say husband because it's like yeah. easier for yeah. other people. yeah. I don't know where we are. We're at like a hotel or something. I was like, oh, my husband is getting that. And my daughter looks up at me and goes, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> What's the aversion to being married? Oh. Or how, where does that come in after what? You have three kids? I have three. We have three kids together and then I have a stepdaughter. Okay. Yeah. And you're just sort of like, let's not rush into anything? No, well, now I'm... Fi- <laughs> I, no, yeah, like, exactly. Let's just take this one thing at a... One step at a time. Uh, the ballet, what I was going to say yes. is that my boyfriend, baby sure. daddy, whatever, yeah. when he... He'll sometimes come in and I'll be like, you know, he's like, what are you doing on your phone? Because I'll, like, jump and sort of put my phone away. Right. I'm just, like, watching ballet. Really? Mm-hmm. As a, as a, to make you feel better? Yeah. Huh. It's just the, the grace of it? Or the, you know, I, something more. Yeah, it's magic. It's magic to me. Yeah. And 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 with whole ballets, there's well, a lot of them have stories, right? So yeah, yeah. but it's not that. It's it, like something. I, I, it's like the aesthetic. Huh. It's probably like watching great athletes yeah, or whatever. Sure. You know, oh, like yeah, he yeah. cries all the time watching sports. So why really? can't I? I w- I don't have that. I, <laughs> I I'll cry watching most things. You do. Yeah, but no, I don't have any sports in me. But like, I get very moved. You know you what's know. interesting? I used to. Yeah. And after I had my first kid. Yeah. I find that I cry less. Really? Yeah. It's not. What do you think? What do you make of that? You have your first kid, you cry less. Maybe it's less about you. Maybe the crying, maybe your feelings or your emotions are so now connected to something, you know. That you ha- you care for and are you don't you can't even understand the depth of the love you have and the emotional connection you have to a kid that like I think crying when you're alone without children is sort of this weird selfish thing. It's a way to feel. I think you're right, huh. but I actually are the first person. I, I I I I hadn't I hadn't totally understood yeah. it, and I thought, oh, is this like some survival? You know, just some yeah. like hormonal. I'm pregnant because I remember being pregnant and watching some 
great movies yeah. and I wasn't crying, but yeah. I was moved. But right. I was like, what is, is it, bro? Like, what's, yeah. <laughs> what, what's gone on? Have I closed up? <laughs> like, is my heart closed the, up? Uh, but I feel sort of the opposite about everything. Like, I feel like my heart is opening up. But I think you're exactly right. Yeah, it's uh, crying alone is a selfish activity. <laughs> Right. So like now it's like, you know, you don't you're feeling, you know, you're I think that your emotions are going the proper place in a way, you know, because they're with the kid or the kids. That's really nice. Huh. I'm going to ta- I'm going to say that I think you're right. Yeah. I do. Now you got to ask your partner I, why he cries during <laughs> why sports. You, you're so selfish. <laughs> you and you're crying at sports. Why do you how do you cry at sports? Oh, God. I mean, when Derek Jeter was. Uh, retiring like yeah. that year of retirement. Oh, really? It was just like he went into mourning. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> tissue boxes around the house. Wow. Oh, I all love right. That. So you're so you're you're into the ballet. Yeah, and that's the thing. And your parents, obviously, I would assume, given their pedigree, are supportive of the arts. Yeah, but I mean, I was pretty young when it stopped. When mm. that stopped, and mm. then I was like, I loved writing in yeah. high school. Yeah. And what's like, what do you think? Well, like, what'd you write? Like, I just, I just, I don't know what it's like to, to grow up with parents who are in the arts <sighs> and, then, and the pressure of that or the non-pressure of that. Right. You know, I don't understand it. Like, because like playwriting, for instance, mm-hmm. that it's like, it's insane playwriting. Totally. Like to, and you do a lot of theater, like, like you read plays, you're like, where the fuck does this come from? Yeah. You, you know, because all different language of yeah, things, yeah, and especially like some of your dad's plays are, are 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 there's a lot of depth and weirdness to them. Yeah, and it is like its own language. Yeah, totally. So I just like you know living in that house. Like I don't know, like what were you writing? Do you tell? Do you like? I never have written a play or even no? attempted to write a play. No, no, no. I just loved writing short stories in yeah, yeah. in school. So I kind of when I stopped dancing, I thought like, okay, maybe this is what I'll. Do yeah. but then I really missed performing, being on stage, yeah. which is probably the thing I had loved so much about dance. Right, look at me initially, yeah. or just like that. Look at me, but not me. Right, like this like, way to uh, you're, it's coming through you. To yeah, do something else. Express yourself. Ex- yeah, yeah, uh, and sort of disappear into something and all that stuff. You did. With ballet, you disappeared. I did into feel it? that way yeah. with ballet because it's not about yeah, yeah. you, but it's like all of you. Yeah. Whew. So then I like started, you know, auditioning for like the high school plays, or yeah. I was teaching ballet in the summer and where uh, in where I in Connecticut, yeah. like in that tiny town, um, <laughs> and they had like the older kids had a summer thing, yeah. and they're like, oh, do you want to do you want to do like a monologue in the anyway yeah. so then i but i don't what think do you mean, like at a camp yeah like a summer camp like i guess i hadn't really d- done yeah theater right um but i think i don't know if i talk about it honestly yeah. i don't think it's like and then i discovered it i yeah. think i was stalling because yeah. i was so terrified and i felt a lot of shame around it for some reason like really? shame in doing what my parents did or feeling like I was just but by the time you're in high school by the time you're having these feelings I mean you've seen your your mom on stage yeah many oh, yeah. times oh yeah 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 wow so w- was it shame or was it just like I don't know if I can be that good they're so good no no <laughs> you, oh, you you felt I'm just trying to identify this I know I shame can, it, or just like um like are you am I gonna be one of those people that does what my parents right do? yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Wanting okay. to feel like whatever I was doing sure. was earned and was yeah, my yeah. own path. Right. Like, well, you're young enough for that to be happen. Yeah. Huh. But yeah. you felt that even then. I like, felt yeah. that even then. And then I also had, you know, like they had, as all artists do, they're like, it's the best and yeah. it's the worst. Right. And so that's in the house of like, don't the, do this. It's hell. Don't do this. It's hell. Even though I'm watching my parents like yeah. love what they do and – it's clearly the only thing they could be doing, but like they hate it. But and they they've been love doing it, it forever. And they've been doing it forever. What about the rejection element? Did you get that lecture about auditioning and all the, oh, the sure. practicalities? But also, uh, I saw it. Like they were getting rejected all the time. Yeah. You know, even in in their success, it was like so. It's a ton. ton it's a of, tough choice. You know, you like when you look at people <laughs> like like your case is, uh, I think manageable. When you look at someone like Jacob Dylan. You know, making that decision, like, I'm going to be a singer-songwriter. I'm like, holy shit. What? <laughs> what What? What? A, what a, a thing to put on yourself. Holy shit. And you're never, like, I'm definitely going to run into people who have no idea. Yeah, right. I mean, I didn't realize that your dad wrote the screenplay for The Firm, which is really the best uh, Grisham movie. He did write that. It's a great movie. I watch it a lot. I, I think I think Sidney Pollack even directed it, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. <laughs> but he wrote that movie. That's crazy. But was he the only writer on it? No, there's never. He, there's right. Never, I feel like there was a. There's always a yeah, few. Yeah, yeah. So you decide to take the plunge <laughs> in acting. Do you? How do you train? How do you get into it? Yeah. So then I was like all in, and really? I went to uh, I went to Northwestern. Well, that's a good uh, for undergrad. Undergrad, they have like a good program, right? Yeah, at the time, I don't know if it's changed, but yeah. like at the time, they don't have a grad program. But I think I remember hearing it was a really good undergrad, so that's program. why it's so great for yeah. the undergrads because you're not competing, yeah, like you do everything, you, you don't have do to do, all... deal with the snotty grad students. There's no grad, like you're getting all the good parts, yeah, yeah. There's it's and it and it and it's like an in it was sort of like a conservatory within a liberal arts. Yeah. It was the only one that had a structure like that where huge, I felt like— Huge school. Huge school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Ten. Yeah. Chicago? Yeah. Yes. So were you uh, going out and seeing things? Did you go to Steppenwolf? Did you go Yeah, yeah I was things? also, like, going to frat parties <laughs> like, football games. Football games. But then as I got—yeah, I got my shit together and yeah. I would go to Steppenwolf. Did you go to any comedy, <clears throat> any Second City and shit like that? Or I did wasn't... go to a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is all that great yeah. comedy there. All the improv stuff. Yes. Yeah. And there were great, uh, I mean, I would have never dared, but I had friends who did, I think it was called Meow. It was like yeah. a, the improv yeah. group. In school. In school, and they uh, were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But you never did that stuff? No. Hmm. Why? Why do you say it like that? You, you don't think you're funny? I am funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell it's my yeah, super it's my it. secret superpower yeah, i can feel it uh yeah. no i am funny in and love I would, and death you were hysterical uh, <laughs> what is, that's a comedic part of <laughs> i would love to do comedy but that's different than than stand-up no, or improv have you done much film comedy no because everyone thinks i'm too serious it's so frustrating really? i think because i did shakespeare but i'm like but shakes no one's funnier than fucking shakespeare yeah, true like when he's funny it's the funniest. That's weird. So you feel like you're typecast in a way? I just feel like... They, you, also, you know, they don't make many comedies, really. There's not that much funny. No, that's true. And it does... It is like this... There's like... A crew. A crew. Yeah. But, uh, but in the theater, I was doing... 
I was doing comedy. Yeah, of course. Uh, you had, I mean, this, that's where it happens. Right. And yeah. even in the drama, that's like that thing where I'm like, it's a drama, it's comedy. I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's, it's both all the time. I mean, so, uh, but yeah, I do think there's like, it's a, it's annoying. I, I feel like people, uh, I don't know, there's some feeling of seriousness. Yeah. Maybe I, it's like my yeah. deep voice or like I. But like, if my, you really think about it, I bet you like if you told your agent, look, man, go find me one. I mean, they really don't shoot that many. Like if you, like and, and most of them are terrible. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> to find like a good con- I remember what I was crying about. What? Ray Romano directed and wrote his first feature. What's and it I called? watched it. Uh Somewhere in Queens, I think it's called. And it's a very personal story. And I sat there and watched it with my girlfriend who apparently I didn't quite realize it has a heart of stone and <laughs> Or maybe it's something else. No, I know. Maybe she's just not selfish like you, crying. Oh, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Or maybe she's just like, maybe she has a a healthy emotional spectrum (laughs) and she's able to emote properly and not bottle it all up. (laughs) Most of my crying at commercials and movies is really just because I'm locking it down. Right. And I'm looking for a release of some kind. Right. It does feel good. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm so wary of it. But I like to, I happened today. I read an email from somebody, uh, and it like got me all fucking choked up. It was good, and I had that realization. I think I noticed it today more than ever. Like, oh, this is the problem. I'm not doing this enough. <laughs> what was the email? Well, I'm a sober guy, you know, and sometimes I talk about sobriety, and occasionally I'll get emails from people that say like, "You really helped me, sort of, you know, m- make the move to to do that." You know, and there's something about the language of sobriety that, that that always gets me when people, you know, make that choice. And he told me, you know, that like he went to his first meeting and, you know, he gets it and, his, and it just got me choked up. Uh, that seems appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I, I got to figure out a way to get the uh, to get it all out. Yeah. You've got kids and that's not going to happen for me. <laughs> I don't know how people do that. It's good. I'm selfish and panicky. Don't you panic all the time? You know, I do, but not about them. Oh, really? What do you panic about? Everything else. You think they're just going to be okay? I do. That's good. That's good. That's healthy. I do. When I picture having children, like I picture leaving the house, and even if they're well taken care of, just being like, what's going on with them? Are they going to climb up on the thing? Are you keeping them away from the thing? That's what I picture every minute. Being yeah, like. I mean, there's a lot of things that they climb up on, <laughs> and sometimes they fall off. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I have like a nice. I, I mean, I think it's it's because of it's my mother just yeah. gave me some. Uh, I like peaceful. I have a. I I'm able to have a lot of peace around parenting. Yeah, that's good. So she was very grounded. Yeah. Both of them, or yeah, yes, they were. That's that's unique in the arts, I think. I know, uh, yes, but my mother, particularly, yeah, and she did a ton of work. Like she did not have a childhood that was peaceful at yeah. all, uh, and it was like a ton of conscious work. Yeah. Um, and then, so by the time you you were around, yeah, it all paid off. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think so. I can yeah. report that. Yeah. Yes. So when do you when do you start acting for real? For real, for yeah. real. Yeah, like I mean, I think I got my equity card like in college, doing summer stock, summer plays, um, and then that's how you get it. You get cast in summer stock. <laughs> that's how you get the equity card. <laughs> I, don't know. I think that's how <laughs> I trick. got mine. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and then I start. I just after college, I moved to New York. Yeah. And I started auditioning yeah. for plays. But like, was it like plays. you know, everywhere you went, you're like, "Oh, you're Jill's daughter." Uh, I mean. Of course they do. Yeah, of course. There's like a little bit of that thing. I did like – there was something called – which I think has changed. There was something called New Leagues at Northwestern where it was like 10 musical theater, 10 – Did you do a lot of musicals? No, no. I was in the non-musical. I'd love to do musical and a comedy. I'd like to do musical comedy. It seems like this is available to you. Um, (laughs) Like I feel like you can do it. I think like let's – the more we talk about it – Let's just talk – You'll get a call. Okay, great. Um – but anyway, it was like they had ten from yeah. the I don't know the what is it regular theater yeah yeah non non singing non musical theater yeah uh, and then you go to New York and you like do a showcase yeah and try to get like an agent and a manager and things like yeah. that and like a bunch of casting sure. directors are there so we did that and then uh, yeah I moved to New York I was like nannying I didn't wait tables I was a nanny huh that seems a little more consuming. Them waiting tables. Yeah. Well, I think I would. I would have. I. I don't know that I would have been any good at waiting like, I, tables. Yeah, I drop. I like. I just drop. You're stuff a dropper. At, I'm a dropper. Yeah. Kids, you drop your kids. No. <laughs> good. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, don't ask me to pass you. you oh know, yeah, yeah. A pen or something. But nannying, that's like all day. You get attached. You got. Yeah, and know. it was like two. I I like fell into this nannying niche. Yeah. Because I was babysitting. I was I was babysitting for one set of twins, and then like I don't know the twins' parents. T- they're like, oh well, we have this. So then I was sitting for two sets of twins. How are you rehearsing? How do you do acting? No, then well, I didn't have job. I was oh. just auditioning. Okay. Um, and then when I got a job, I stopped. Yeah, stop with stopped the kids. With what was the, the first job? My first job was Steel Magnolias. Was that a big big cast? On Broadway. Yeah. Um, like who are you working with? Delta Burke. Oh, wow. Franny I remember her. What happened to that lady? I haven't heard Delta Burke's I name know. in a long time. Yeah, actually, that's true. Huh. Who else? She was uh, so much fun. Yeah. Christine Ebersol. Yeah. Franny Sternhagen. Marsha Mason. Wow. Rebecca Gayhart. I think that's everybody. And you were what, 20? Yeah, 21. So okay. that's big. And I, but you know, I remember with that job, I auditioned first for, I can't remember. I think I auditioned first for the Shelby, for the, you know, the movie? It's like Julia Roberts and then there's the Daryl Hannah part. Yeah, yeah. And I had auditioned for Shelby, which is the part that Rebecca Gayhart ended up playing. And they were like, no, uh, I can't remember why. What the reasoning was, yeah. like maybe I was too young, yeah, or something. I mean, you never know if you're getting sure. Into it. But then I was like, but the part I want to play is Anel, which is the Daryl Hannah part. And they were like, no, you're like an ingenue, like you can't. Play. I was like, let me at it. And I remember, like, I, I was like, how do I? <laughs> I guess I have to look kind of like quirky, mom. Like what? And she was like tied like a. I was, like, on my way out the door, and she, like, tied, like, a handkerchief around my neck or yeah, something. Yeah, Anyway, I got that part. <laughs> you didn't get the part you I wanted? Or you I did. got the part I wanted. But they didn't want to see me for it. They really didn't want to see Like, I really had to beg or have my agent <laughs> beg and be like, she can be, you know. Weird. Whatever. Weird, yeah. 
little did they know. <laughs> so, but so do you, did you. Always, and funny. It, it's funny, too. Yes. Like, it, I, you don't have to right. get mad. I, okay, I sorry. Yeah, you. you've I, never said I'm not funny. I believe you're funny. <laughs> you have to sell me on it. I'm completely convinced. So did you, were you able to, I think you did work with your mother, right? Yeah. On stage? Yeah, I wish we'd done more of it. I was, I was a, I was a wimp. I, I mean, and I also, you know, there was something I was supposed to do with my dad's, and then I, I actually couldn't do it because the play that I was doing, like, extended or the dates shifted. I mean, there was a legitimate reason that I What play of your it. dad's could possibly it was, have a part for you? It was called An Early History of Fire. Okay. Um, which was like a play he'd written when he was very young, and then they did a production of it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I didn't do that, and then— um, but there's like this there's this movie that he wrote for my mom uh that never got made that he gave me when she died yeah sort of just to you know he was like i don't know if but but now i'm like the right age to play the part and so what's the movie it's called we're just married yeah yeah and you doing it i don't know i mean we you want to finance it <laughs> hold on let me see what i got <laughs> How much do you need? Uh, it's you know it's hard to get I, these. Uh, that's what I hear. Like I'm, hard. I'm trying it's to get hard. involved with uh, with doing that myself with making a movie. Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of people who make movies, and I've never. I'm a more immediate gratification kind of person. When I hear these people talking about it, took us five years. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> five years to make something that might come out good yep. and most likely will not be seen by most people. Right, even if it is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Holy yep. shit! I know. Torture. Life's too short. Yes, it really is. Right? Uh, but then it's also like it's just too short because I just – there's so much to do. Yeah. I Yeah, I know. I, I don't – is there? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a lot to do. But like today, like like all I'm thinking is like I got to get some walnuts. That's what you're thinking right now. That's how well this is going. No, you're no, like, I mean, I like, just want to get some. No, when I think of things, all the things I want to do, right? That's at the top of the list. But that's great. I think that's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it small. Both. Yeah. Like you are. Yeah, I want to get some walnuts, and I'd like to win an Oscar. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when you're fucked is when you stop thinking about the walnuts. Oh, or you have someone else do it. I mean, that's the other thing. People are like, why don't you get an assistant? I'm like, what would I do with my life? <laughs> <laughs> you understand? I like going to three supermarkets in one day. I love it. <laughs> so I don't. But I imagine it would free time up. But I don't know. I, uh, whatever. I don't Like, because I'm primarily alone in my life, the free time thing doesn't always pan out great. You know? Because then there's a lot of that time of sort of like, I should be doing this. What should I be doing? But I have, even though I'm not, I'm yeah. very much not alone. Yeah. Like, there are just so many people. Yeah, around. Big and small around me all the time. I, I still. Kind of do that? Yeah. Like, we'll have moments of, like, wow, I've really been staring at the wall for, yeah, like, what do I 45 minutes. I, I, I was going to watch Heaven's Gate the other night, and I'm like, I don't have time in my life. Right. To do this. Right. Even though I, I know it's not as bad as they say, it's still three and a half hours of Chris Christopherson, which is not terrible. No. But, you know, it's a lot of time. Yeah, I, I, I know. So when did you get – the big break for you was like Shakespeare, right? Really? Still waiting for it. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
didn't you like weren't you with Pacino and it got like that was like oh my god yeah that was like a that was a was and it Merchant was, of Venice that was Merchant of Venice um I did yes where the fuck did you learn how to do Shakespeare it's a great question <laughs> Yeah. It's a great question. I was yeah. doing so that after Steel Magnolias, I did like another play off Broadway and then I got cast, auditioned and got cast in this Shaw play called Heartbreak House that yeah. was also on Broadway. This is coming back around to Shakespeare. Okay. Dan Sullivan, who directs is the great director, uh he saw that production. And he's tell he told me that he cast me as Portia then, like yeah. in that moment. Right. But I don't know how many years it was, like a few years later. Right. He was doing Merchant with yeah. Al. In the park? In the park. Yeah. Um, and I was I think I had just done like some teeny tiny movie in the wilderness where I was like, you know, doing my own hair and makeup and costumes and continuity. And what, like, it was called In the Wilderness? No, or it, no was it was called... Literally it, We, in we the literally were shooting In the Wilderness. Yeah. Uh, it was called Letters for the from the Big Man. Yeah. Uh, Just an indie? Yeah, yeah, by this guy, Christopher Munch. It was about Bigfoot. Oh. Anyway. What made you choose to uh, do that? It was interesting. He was interesting. Okay. Um, he got you. Anyway... <laughs> He sold you on the big. So movie. on the big fight. yeah. Listen, and I also uh, I like to do my own stunts, so I yeah. knew I get to like go out in the yeah. So I was sitting in my car in like my rental in Laurel Canyon or outside my rental. I got this call like, "Oh, you've been offered Porsche in the Merchant of Venice," and I was yeah. like, "To like to audition?" <laughs> no, and they were like, "No, no, no, just you so got it. you got it." So then I did that in the park yeah and then was it great i mean it was the listen my mom was dying during that mm. um so it's all tied up with trauma it's a lot and you know al and my mom had been together in their 20s really yeah yeah so oh my it was God. like a huge kind of it was very profound worlds colliding yeah Thing. My, and Shakespeare and, is at the core of and it. And Shakespeare's at the core of it. And I do think Shakespeare and Hamish was in it. Uh, and we weren't dating or anything, but like that's where I got to know Hamish. Really? It was a lot happening emotionally at once. Um, what was Al checking in? And like, wh what was his? So I, Al, I didn't tell Al that my mom was sick. Oh. And uh, I, I told Dan when we, because we, so the we. The director? Did, yeah. Yeah. So we did the production, uh, like in the park. It yeah. did really well, and there was rumblings of like, "Is this going to move to Broadway?" But we ended the run. Those runs are very short. Yeah. In July, and like she, there was something. There was like a. It's it's actually called a transformation. Yeah. Like, there's a kind of transformation in her illness. It's like the actual name of what happened. What illness? Uh, CLL. Which is chronic lymphatic leukemia. Oh my God. Uh, but then there's this thing called a Richter's transformation that can happen to a very small percentage of people. So yeah. that she that happened like right as we were closing the play in the in the park, and it was just like a nosedive. Like it was so um, her health. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really know if I could do the. 
But she said I had to. She was like, you have to do... Because she had seen me seven times in the park. Yeah. Uh, so then I did it. We, we transferred to, to Broadway. I still hadn't... I, I did tell Dan because I was like, you've got to get me a great understudy. Yeah. Because I know you know I never miss a show, but like... Yeah. I don't know. This I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Get me a yeah. really great understudy that makes everybody very happy. Yeah. Yeah. So Broadway. I would. I would basically go from in in rehearsals in, in during previews. Yeah. I would go from the hospital, like sleep on the floor, go to rehearsal. Yeah. Do the show. Yeah, and then and then and then she died. We got. Well, we went home. She died, and then I. Um, was everyone around? Mm-hmm. So I missed a week. I missed the... It was like there was this funny moment. There was this thing that happened with a nurse. Yeah. And I just like looked into this nurse's eyes that I've... I've sort of left my body as I'm talking about this. Am, yeah. I, am I still making any yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why? Just because of the sadness? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I looked in her eyes and I, I just knew something was... It was just like a moment of eye contact with this woman. That you knew what? That that was it? I knew she was going to die for the first time. Yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. And that was a Friday. Mm. And because, you know, they don't, it's like her doctor had been her doctor for so long. He loved her so much he wouldn't say time. Yeah. And you're like, I've never watched. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. This is so, like, what is happening? Yeah. Someone tell me what's happening. Yeah. And anyway, we got her home on Friday, uh, Thursday. She died on Friday. I did the show on Saturday. Oh, my God. And, and then we opened on Sunday. So that was a preview on Saturday. They pushed opening, yeah, and then, I did, then we opened to that Sunday. Did you find that— it helped you get out of yourself, or was it a struggle? To- it was, like, the only thing I could do. And, right. and and there was, like, something. I remember being really upset. Well, I mean, everything was, like. Sure. But there was something, like, Lily Rabe leaves the show for a week to to grieve the death of her. And I was, like, no, no, no. I The only shows I missed, she was alive. I yeah. was with her. Once she died, I was on stage. I didn't know where else to go. Yeah. There was no, like, what was, I wasn't going to, it was the only place for me to go. It was the only thing I could do. And yeah. it's the only thing I remember doing. Like, I don't remember anything. I don't yeah. remember how I got to the theater. I don't yeah. remember who I saw sleeping, eating. I don't remember anything, but I remember doing the play. It was like this sort of current. Yeah. What, the performance itself? And the play. Like, I, it is, it's, had it I don't not know, been. I don't know the, I don't it, know the Porsche. Oh, well. well. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. I mean, she sort of saved me. Yeah. But Shakespeare, it's Shakespeare. Yeah. It's like, had it been something else, I don't know that I could have. So you're able to tap into the eternal Shakespeare thing. Yeah. Or he, whatever that is, like yeah. whatever that sort of lifeline yeah. pulse. Through is, the centuries. It is an eternal thing. Yeah. And you're just like, this umbilical cord is sort yeah. of. Huh. And that's where you learned how to do Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. Dan says he just knew seeing me in that Shaw play that I could play the part. And I will say that, like, and then I went on to do, like, from Portia. After Portia, I did Rosalind. Yeah. 
then I did Beatrice. And then I did Imogen, lesser known, but in a, in Cymbeline, one of the great, Imogen's like one of the great parts. Yeah. But I really kind of played like, it was like a really a lot of greatest hits. Uh, a lot of the great ladies, one after the other. And I, I don't know, it just felt, it just made, that language just makes a kind of sense to me that like talking doesn't. Huh. Well, I mean, it also must have informed like, you're, it must have been like an, an acting school. I mean, to in a sense, to do all the varieties of Shakespearean women has got to, you know, expand your capacity. And it does. And it does. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like that, And that's why Al, who was playing Shylock, he yeah. played Shylock, and he'll want to play Shylock again, I'm sure. Yeah. Because you sort of like all you have to do is lock in. You just say the words. Yeah. And you lock into something. Yeah, really. That the does, poetry. does all of that. Huh. And it is this kind of like expansion. And I think it's why you're, you know, like I would love to play all of those yeah. parts again. There aren't yeah. a lot of parts I've played where I'm like, I'd love to. Well, you, know. you can. Like, you know, many people revisit those parts yeah, yeah, yeah. throughout their lives. And I imagine because of the genius of the language and, and you know, the structure of Shakespeare, at every age, it reveals something different to you, right? That's right. I would assume that's because the way that your works. soul is like you're bringing. I, when we Hamish and I did, um, well, he's like a Shakespearean guy, right? He is. He's the best. Like, doesn't he literally come from yes. Shakespeare? He comes from. Actually, I listened to Sam Rockwell on oh, this, yeah, yeah. talking about studying with his mom with oh, Kristen. Okay, link later because she did this. Um, she had this whole voice. Yeah. She's a voice teacher. She's a voice. She, she's, but she's a Shakespearean person. She was a wonderful voice teacher. Yes, yeah. and she had this um, technique called the Linklater technique. Really, and did, but didn't she start some Shakespearean theater company? Or? Oh well, she li- it was um she lived. Uh-huh. She didn't start it, but okay. there was this thing called Shakespeare and Company that he sort of grew up in. That's crazy. Crazy. So he's been doing it since he like could speak. Uh huh. Anyway, in in terms of coming back to the parts yeah. it's like Beatrice and Benedict we, we did it when we were on the younger side and it's like before you were partners no at that point we were oh okay but you know when he says like the world the world must be peopled a lot of the time when people play those parts it's like there's no they're done peopling yeah like they're in their oh, 50s yeah. or 60s right right, right. and it was so great to play it like, oh, they could, they're going to go off and have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then it also is so great uh, <laughs> I have to a really watch. hard time with the with – the, it's very hard for me to suspend my disbelief around age and parts. I'm finding that with television. But what about with the theater? I don't go in enough theater. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah right. We're out here. I know. But I just I, – it's not, it's not a regular part of my life, and I'm sorry about that. I saw Sam – in, uh, what was he, just in American Buffalo? You know, I see that. When I was in New York, I saw more. Same. And I tried to go, huh? We used to go. Yeah. It was like what we did. We yeah. would just go. I would, we would go to TKTS yeah. and like, what are we going to see tonight? Yeah. It's the greatest thing. I saw some in Ireland. I went to the Abbey Theater in Dublin. Ireland. Was it great? It's great. You've oh, never been bet. to Ireland? No. You've got Irish in you. you got to go. I got to go. Don't you have Irish in you? You must. Well, I do. I don't know that it's blood, though. Oh. I have my... 
it's like my great-grandfather was like an orphan left on a doorstep, raised then by McCormick's, <laughs> who were Irish. But I can't say that he, that baby was the Irish. Old, the doorstep baby. <laughs> the old doorstep baby, yeah. Oh, no, man. <laughs> so that's sort of wild. Because like, I, you know, I, I talk to people about Shakespeare a lot as somebody who doesn't know a lot about Shakespeare. And I've had – and I was actually hostile about it. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know about it. And everyone, it's overrated. I was that guy for him. <laughs> because I can see that, you know, once you, if you can walk into the language and, and surf that thing, yep. you know, the the emotional availability to sort of explore is really profound, right? It's profound and it's... um it's like bottomless and ceilingless. Wow. There's, a, which is why it's so amazing doing it outside. Yeah. Too. If uh, you have to yell, I guess they have microphones now, right? They do. No, you don't. Have to, don't you? You need to learn the link later technique. You don't have to yell. You just oh, so support th- your voice. Okay, so that Sam was talking about her, but you, but you done Shakespeare with your Shakespearean non-husband partner, right. father of your kids. Yeah. So is that like? Do you guys talk about Shakespeare? All the time. Really? All the time. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, what kind of conversations? Do you, like, about characters and about what it means? Yeah, but it just kind of... Just integ- It's just always relevant. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a way... It's like a... So you literally have conversations like like news of the day. You're like, well, this is like that play. Sort of. Does that make uh, us sound so... No. Uh, that, well, that's well, what's you know great what? about Shakespeare. It's the truth. It is. It is what's great. And it's like... It's um, he can contextualize all human emotions. That's right, and and situations and, and politics. You, and I think both it, 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 there the generosity of it, yeah, of the experience of being in the audience and of doing it, yes, is just so profound. It's like and and of playing these parts. It yeah. just, I mean, gratitude. It's like the most overused whatever. But you gratitude's really, not storytelling is. Okay, I won't say storytelling. <laughs> Gratitude's good. Gratitude is good. Yes, it's not overused. But you just feel like I just feel like those saying those words and surfing it just yeah. as you're saying like you your soul and your heart yeah. is like expanding and then also they get it it like gets into your cells in a way that I do feel I'm carrying them around with me. Yeah. But I feel also that way about, like, Hamlet, who I've never played, but I've, you know... Yeah. But, I mean, I have to assume that, you know, once you've had a a well of experience with Shakespeare doing a part like... um, What's her name? Betty? Is that the name of the character in Love and Death? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. That, you know, there... it, it must make room for those kind of – it must make room for all the characters. Yeah, I mean, even if the language, obviously, it's not Shakespeare. But, I mean, it must make your acting deeper yeah. if you really get it. It is just making – it's like it just makes more space. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that character of Betty, it's it's a complicated character. And it's, it's uh, you know, emotionally, you know, there, it, her vulnerability is is abrasive. Right. So, you know, you have initially a hard time empathizing because of, but you see her insecurity so clearly. She's terrified. Yeah, totally. She's terrified. And, and, you know, it is so horrible. The whole thing, her life, her mind is so, you know, difficult. But like, I don't know how you put together a character like that. Like, I, you know, I don't know that I've ever really seen a character like that. In, that in, 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 in my recollection, that 
these miniseries gives you an opportunity to go pretty deep with these things, and you do a lot of them. Thank you. Yeah. I do, yeah. Is, I, is I love why? the limited series format. Yeah, because you can go deeper or because you can really have an arc it's to like, a character? Yeah, because it's like, and it is like this wonderful kind of, you get more time than you do in a movie. Yeah. But you're not like signing some six-year scary right. thing. But you know, I would imagine as an actor, though, you know, you can, like, if it's well-written, you can see, like, the arc isn't rushed. Exactly. And, you know, it must be more satisfying as an actor to have good material that's, it's finite, but it's thorough. M- movies are short. Totally. Like, even... Not Heaven's Gate. <laughs> that was really long. <laughs> no time for that. Yeah. But, uh, but yes. Huh. Because I mean, I saw you in other things. I saw the Underground Railroad. That character is not pleasant, in my recollection. <laughs> no, it's kind of. But rough. I loved her. You did. That Barry is Barry is such a great. Oh yeah, he's amazing. That guy's amazing. Yeah. That was like the 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 fact that not everyone in the country saw that thing and processed it was annoying to me. Same. I mean, it's fucking poetry that thing, and it just kind of came and went. And I'm like, how are you all missing this? It was so strange. It's a fucking masterpiece. He's yes, I agree. You know, and it was. I was really like that was a head scratcher, and it was scary too. Oh, menacing. That like also scary that people weren't. I was like, why, 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 why? Because people are are babies, and they, you know, the, you know, it's like it's why Hollywood exists is to create some something, you know, palatable that's not going to be implicate people. Uh, when they watch it. And I think that the weight of that thing was too much for people. It makes me upset. Sure. People were terrible. Yeah, Almost babies all are great. Huh? People are terrible. <laughs> babies are great. So make sure they don't turn into people. You got to keep them babies their, their entire life. So, and what about working? I mean, like I was sort of stunned by all of the acting in this thing. And I don't know if I just haven't been watching enough television or that I'm out of the loop, but lately I've been like, oh my God, people are, I just watched Ali Wong and Stephen Ewan, I think you say his name. And I watched all 10 episodes of their thing, this beef thing that's coming out. And I'm like, oh my God, they're acting the shit out of this. Like, Is everyone just a great actor now? What happened? <laughs> Have I not been? But like the cast of that thing you're in, Love and Death, it's astounding. Oh, it was a great cast. But I know they they did the story on Hulu too, right? Yeah, they did. I didn't watch that one. I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen this one. I mean, like to no. But actually, uh, I saw the first episode. We went to South by, and I watched the 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 first up. Olsen like really makes some choices. Lizzie, yeah, she's great. And What's her first name? Lizzie Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Why Ashley's do I keep her calling sister. Ashley? Sister. God damn it. So, oh yeah, she's the younger one, right? Elizabeth. She, Elizabeth is the, is the younger one. The one that's acting with you. Yes. I keep calling. I'm an idiot. So Elizabeth just acts the fuck out of this. Thing. She's great. I mean, it, it's crazy good. Yeah, I was, and the writing was solid. Yeah, David, he's he's because this is a third thing I've done of his. I did. Um, the Undoing. I, yeah, that one was. I like that one. Oh no, this was the second thing I've done. I'm doing the third thing. Uh, yeah, The Undoing, and then this, and then I'm doing something else right now that he wrote. And his writing is just like great. Yeah, it's yeah. great to act. Like it's it, it, and there is a generosity in his writing as well. Yeah, but I think because you said there's this other. You know, I'm interested in. There was like the uh, the other 
version of the show, like ba- same source material, same yeah. story. And there, it's interesting to me that people are like worked up about that or sort of like, but it's been done. Back to no the idea. no 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 not that you were yeah. saying that but pe- some people are like well didn't they already do that and I'm like already do it like it's a true story yeah how great that two angles two angles like when you know didn't they already do Hamlet like yeah. I've seen it seen it once it's not it's what a wonderful thing to like shine a light shine two lights on this story well it seems like the focus of this one with having not seen the other one yeah um this was an entirely empathetic approach to this story that, you know, there was almost, you know, and, and he didn't pull any punches around the murder either, but it was all about the humanity of the choices all around. Yeah. So by the time that happens, you know, it's horrible and it's disturbing and you know, how you feel about, um, Candy Montgomery after the fact yeah, that everything that David Kelly put into these characters in, in making them um, fully realized, yeah. you know, you really have to sort of, you know, the, the, there's no set villain. These are people with problems, you know, which is no easy trick in, in light of an ax murder. That's right. You know? But I don't know what the other one did. But for that to work, it was all on you guys. You know, for that to work, you know, the scene where, you know, the day of the murder between you and Elizabeth. I mean, I don't know how many times you had to do that. We shot that scene for four days <laughs> with a weekend in between. And I was like super pregnant. Before the murder. Leading up to. Yes. So why did it take you so long to shoot it? That that sequence? Yeah. It's a pretty complicated. I mean— it's pretty complicated. I, it wasn't like we went over. Like we had all, they had, that was what the schedule oh, was. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. had these, okay. but Lizzie and I were bummed that there was like a weekend in between because it was like we were sort of carrying this thing uh, around and like, uh, yeah, and sustain. And it was like, it's like this sustained, it's like a long yeah. sustained note kind of that oh, it's, whole it's, sequence. It's, I don't know where you found that character. Like I can't, you know, the the sort of, the kind of, you know, brittle insecurity of that character. It's Thank like, you. Oh, my God. Like, how do you make those choices? Like, what was the key in? She, uh, listen, she's so, I'm always so interested in, in when I read something and I'm like, gosh, yeah. I really have nothing in common with this yeah, person. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, but I think, you know, her, um, her fear she has this just pervasive it she does not feel safe in the world and it's really interesting because she was which we i don't know how much we really get yeah. a sense of that in the show but like they're from Kansas they're not from that town yeah. they're from Kansas so they're like they yeah. they've moved there they've like transplanted they're there they're rural people ish yeah and also like she didn't grow up there so yeah. she is like a fish out of water yeah. and in Kansas, she was like the girl. Yeah. She was like the homecoming. She was like voted most yeah. likely to succeed. Everybody talked about her smile. She got a million Valentines. She yeah. was like it. Yeah. And I don't want to diagnose her or right. anything like sure. that. But I I just feel like she's someone who at a certain point 
she just needed, and I don't mean medication, yeah. she needed some kind of support that she didn't have, like yeah. whether it was just some outlet, something, yeah. Yeah. some way to contextualize the feelings that she was having. Yeah. She's a human being. And yeah. Something, you know, sort of changed for her. And mm. she's fucking terrified yeah. of loss. And yeah. I think it's like why every time he leaves, and yeah. even though it's kind of funny that she's in like a a, a panic when yeah. he goes away for, for three days or she has an affair at one point because he's on yeah. a work trip, it's because every time he leaves the door, she's in an existential panic that he's, not that he's going to cheat on her, but that he's going to die and never come yeah, back. Like right, she's right. just, her fear of loss yes. is so tremendous. Mm. And then... She has this feeling that, like, something isn't right. Right. And she's right. Yeah. So I don't think it's that she has any idea what it is. Right. But she's just like, I'm not safe. Something is. Huh. And and that's something that I, that was the way in for me. And that was yeah. something that I could. Yeah. Um, Relate to. <laughs> feeling like I'm, I don't feel safe. Yeah. Uh, why is everyone telling me it's okay? Something's not okay. Right. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. And what are you, what are you doing now? Um, I'm doing this thing on, um, presumed innocent, uh, which is another David Kelly. I'm almost done with that. And then I'm going to go do a movie. I think this summer I just, um, finished, Editing a movie that I directed with Hamish. Um, you co-directed it with your partner? Yeah. How was that experience? It was a million things, but that part of it was fantastic. Yeah. I loved directing with him What's so up much. with that movie? Uh, I don't know. It's it, we What's just, it called? It's called Downtown Al. It's an adaptation of this Chuck Klosterman. Do you know Chuck? I yeah. feel like you would be a fan. Yeah, we talked years ago. Yeah, what was it like? It was great. You know, he's kind of a, a an acerbic thinker. But a uh, great guy. We talked about music. We talked about some books. I like him. Yeah, I always like that guy. I've talked to him a few times. And he's funny. He is very funny. But I think he's like a, I think he's got this what? soft Yeah, for heart. sure. Like he, yeah. you know, he's so, um, yeah. yes, so acerbic, so brilliant. And has Oh, no, that, definitely. But yeah. like his heart is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so that's why I loved this book. And, yeah. Um, I'll, yeah. So what's the future of that? I think... You know, you finished editing it, so then yeah. go. You do the yeah, festival yeah. thing, yeah, something like that. And then you're gonna do. Now you're doing another mm -hmm. movie too. Uh, I think I'm gonna go act in a movie. That yeah. I guess I don't know. I haven't. I'm like closing my. Oh, you haven't done whatever. the deal yet. We'll see what happens. Is it a good it's, one? It's gonna work out. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 great. It's oh, good. really lovely um, actors and oh good director. Good deal. Nice to talk to you. That I'm was glad so we, great. I'm glad we finally did it. I got so sick. Great. You got sick twice. It was like I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. <laughs> but we made it, and it was good. I'm so. You great. feel good I'm about so it? So glad. I feel great. It okay. was so nice. What a lovely, talented person that Lily Rabe is. Uh, the miniseries Love and Death premieres next week on HBO Max, Thursday, April 27th. And speaking of HBO, hang out for a minute and I'll tell you what HBO has to do with our latest bonus episode. This week, for Full Marin listeners, some Sopranos talk. I talked with Brendan about some of our favorite episodes and why that show is still so satisfying more than 20 years later. But that fight 
unlike almost all of them in the series, is is human as fuck. It's the greatest. It reminded me of, do you ever see the movie The Treasure of the Sierra Madre? Yes. Like, there is a bar fight in, like, the first 10 minutes of that movie that is so clumsy and so unlike any other kind of, like, Western bar fight. It always stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, that's what would happen. These guys would fall on the floor as they're trying to take a swing. They'd be yeah. just scrapping at each other's legs. Yeah. <laughs> that's, this thing is just two out-of-shape animals trying yeah. to kill each other in a kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's clumsy as fuck. Yeah. And it's crazy. And you like even I've seen it three times and you you're not sure who's gonna win. Right. <laughs> Ralphie sprays him in the eyes with raid. And then got a, he got one in with the skillet. He got that knife up. I mean, that was like that was on the edge, dude. To get weekly bonus content plus every WTF episode ad free, sign up. For the full Marin by clicking the link in the episode description or go to WTFpod.com and click on WTF+. Plus. Next week, Jay Smith Cameron from Succession is on Monday and the former showrunner of Veep, David Mandel, is on Thursday to talk about his new series, White House Plumbers. Okay, here's some, uh, some big Les Paul custom sound. Some chords that I play a lot differently.
Boomer lives. Monkey and LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere. <laughs>